Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is podcast at ground zero. Wow. For yeah, I know. Let's let's pod, pod crash. <laughs> yeah, pod crash. Let's let's start this over because I can edit this out. <clears throat> <clears throat> Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is podcast at ground zero. Your home for the apocalypse for episode seventy nine, Black Summer. I am the apocalypse nerd, and he is Adam Bong Glancy. Welcome to the Wastelands. Welcome one, welcome all. Um, aren't we lucky to live in such an age, Mr. Wallace, where uh, we are continually bombarded by post-apocalyptic scenarios uh, brought to us by our streaming services? Very yes. happy with this. this yes. yes, Black Summers, I, uh, something I discovered uh, a few weeks ago, very low-key. Like I said, coming soon, I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm like, this looks good. Let Mr. Glancy know and like, hey, this is pretty good, but we'll get into it because, uh, you know, I've been reading a lot of reviews and there's a lot of hate out there for it. People don't like it. But um, so I'm going to say this once and then there's something else I want to talk about for a second and then we're going to come back. So spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about this series. Oh, yeah. So, we're going to spoil everything. Everything. Most things. So it's a new show, folks. Brand new. It's not like it's 40 years old. And, um, uh, but so just be warned that we're going to spoil a lot uh, about the show, but we thought we liked it. So we liked it so much that we want to talk about it. The only thing I wanted to bring up is something I meant to, I, I didn't get to bring it up on our last off topic and I, I would save it for off topic, but I don't have enough for, we don't have enough for a new show yet, but I'll just mention it uh, quickly is, um, I don't know if you saw, but, uh, Modifius, Modifius who makes the Fallout um, uh, Fallout Warfare, the, the miniatures game, they're making an RPG aspect to that miniatures game. Which I'm like, okay, oh, but it's for the miniatures game. But they're also going to be making a paper and pencil Fallout RPG as well. That is not tied to the miniatures game. That's good to hear. So we will be getting a Fallout RPG. So... I'll be excited to see what that's about because again, there's some good, uh, you know, post-apocalyptic RPGs. Besides, you know, well, you know, if you go to old for Gamera, but newer stuff like um, um, Mutant Year Zero. So there's some good stuff out there. So Fallout RPGs not coming out till next year. Yeah. So, but that is coming out. And then um, anybody who followed us, anybody who listened to us uh, about the Gamera fanzine. Uh, that is so. If you've you want if you want up backing it, it's out. So you should have gotten your reward. But if you haven't, it's available on Drive Through RPG. Um, we've got it. We like it. Uh, we'll probably do some kind of mini review for it at some point. Like maybe we'll work it into an off-topic show just so we could give it. It doesn't. It doesn't constitute a whole hour show. But we'll we'll talk about it. Give it a little bit of review. Uh, give Tom a little more love because he did a really good job uh, on it. I think. Mm-hmm. So, so if we'll have more to come. So. Um, I, I got one thing. Uh, I picked up uh, Benjamin Wallace's um, Boom Box, which are the first three um, duck and cover novels as an as audiobooks, and uh, just got done listening to the first one. Uh, you know, the post apocalyptic nomadic warrior, um, and I'm into Knights of the Apocalypse now. Um, uh, it's holding up so far. It's holding up so far. Uh, I'm sort of amused that I can actually go and check my Google Maps and find all of his small towns he's dealing with in the story. It's kind of interesting that uh, his story is taking place around Durango, uh, 
uh, Colorado and the very north uh, part of New Mexico and a city called uh, a town called Aztec. So so far it's pretty good. Uh, just checked in with him and uh, it was it was something I could get for one credit on my Audible subscription. And since I got three books and stuff for the price of one, I thought, what the hell? Uh, what's the worst thing that could happen? And it's yeah, it's pretty good so far. I, I've 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 gotten all f at four at one point. I finished all four. I liked it. Yeah. Did you uh, audiobook it or did you uh, read it? Uh, I, I'm I don't have the time to sit down and read. I listen when I'm at, when I'm working a lot. So yeah, yeah. Uh, welcome to the club. So uh, I audiobooked it and um, it's it's good. Um, again, very tongue in cheek. Um, he hits a lot of the tropes, but uh, it's good. It's good. I think it's good writing. You know, he he makes me he made me chuckle on ma on many an occasion. So yes, absolutely. So, all right. So we'll we'll save we'll save that deeper discussion for a different a different show. Um, I don't want to go off too much of a tangent. So Black Summer again, folks. We're going to start our discussion of Black Summer. Spoiler alert: We're spoiling the show. So if you've already watched it, great. You could hear you know follow us for our opinions. If you haven't watched it yet, shall we shall we divide this up into like talking in generalities at one point and then draw a big like as we recommend it. And then draw a big bright line and say, "Now we're going to spoil the shit out of it." No, I'm just giving you spoils right. right. Now. Fair um, enough. Fair it's enough. um, we'll probably try. I'll try to talk in generalities as much as I can. We we uh, are we are recommending it though. Absolutely, we are yeah. recommending it. We are. It is worth your time. Okay, so one last time, folks. If you haven't watched it yet and you want to watch it, stop listening right now. Okay, so spoiler alert: we are now talking about the show. Okay, so. Uh, so again, we said that uh, Black Summer saw the commercial for it uh, on Netflix. So it was a zombie again, zombie apocalypse. Um, you know, zombie. The whole zombie genre has gotten a bit worn out at this point because of the oversaturation, and then especially with the decline of Walking Dead. I don't, I don't even watch it anymore. People say, "Oh, they, this new season was the best yet." No, it's I. I, I can't. I, I'm still I, picking up the comic book, but I have not. Uh, I am I am at least a season behind on Walking Dead. It's they changed so much of it, you know, because especially you know Rick is gone. The main character, the main character behind the entire story, is now not in the TV show. Yeah, you know, and they and they threw in you know Carl died. Um, spoiler alert: Carl died in the TV show. And now they had all his roles being taken over by his little sister, who isn't supposed to be there because she died in the prison with with the mother in the comic book. It's I gave up on. Wow, it. yeah. As much as I like seeing uh, what's his name, he's playing Negan. Uh, you know, it, he he's he's kind of come in at a time when the the ship has sprung a lot of leaks. You know, and it's uh, that's 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 just a shame. Yeah, so I gave up on that. So now, have uh, you watched uh, *Fear the Walking Dead*? Yes, I got way behind. I heard I think the first season was okay. Second season needed some work, but I heard the third season got better and, and it got better and better. I heard it got a lot better. I'll have to play catch up. Well, this, the, the production company that made *Fear the Walking Dead* is the same production company that makes uh, *Black Summer*. Okay, it's a production company called *The, the Asylum*. Okay. Um, so there is some connections, although they absolutely do not take place in the same universe at all. No, I, I've seen some people speculating that it takes place in the in the Z Nation universe because that was a, a series on Netflix that they had for five seasons. Mm -hmm. You know, it got a it got a little goofy 
uh, uh, towards the end, but it yeah. wasn't it wasn't bad. I knew it was kind of a little tongue and cheeky. Yeah, um, this one is not not tongue and cheeky, and this... it had and it has a lot of hate out there for reviewers. People really do not like this show. They do not like Black Summer. Black Summer. That's what I mean. They don't. They do not like Black Summer. Because to me, everybody's comparing it to Walking Dead. Everybody's talking about how the zombie genre has been beat down already, and it kind of is. But when you come up with something, a little, I feel it's a little refreshing because, again, it's you know another – everybody's like, a fast zombie uh, thing. So let's, let's cover that real quick. Yeah. It's – when they say fast zombie, it makes, it makes me think that people are like – they're like super speed, you know, fantasy zombies or something – but it's not. When they say fast zombies, they just mean it's not Romero zombies, which are shambling bounds. You know, when they say fast zombies, it's just that they can move like a normal person. Because I could see how that's possible. Because you know what? If somebody dies and turns, why all of a sudden would they be moving slow? Unless you could give me a good reason that's why they'd be moving slow. You know, is it maybe because the brain is damaged? Well, it's like, well, they just died. There hasn't been a, there hasn't been decay in the brain to maybe slow them down because it's killed neurons and muscles and nerves or something. I, I could see that, but when they, when they die fresh and get up, there's no reason for them not to move like you and I can. And they can move fast. Everybody thinks they move at super speeds, but they really don't. What they're really doing is moving at the limit of, of human. Uh, capacity because they do not have the same um, inhibitors that you or I have, like pain. Like, oh, you're running so fast. You're out of breath. Your knees hurt. Your side hurts. They don't have any of that. You know, they're not creating, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, whatever pain in the muscles, like the lactic acids. They don't have anything that tells that's telling them, hey, slow down. You're going to hurt yourself. So, they can run really fast because flat out going. they can run flat out to their limit nonstop. Yeah, so that's what I think when people say fast zombies, that's really what they mean. I mean, but it, it kind of gives this connotation of like like superhuman, but they're not really superhuman. They're just these not, are not these restricted. are about these are as fast as your Zack Schneider Dawn of the Dead zombies. They're as fast as your uh, uh, you know uh, twenty eight days later plague victims. You know, um, they're as fast as your, uh, what do you call them? Uh, well, they're as fast as the fresh zombies from Return of the Living Dead. Because the... the, the train, to, the, train to Busan? Yeah, yeah. Train to Busan, yes. Also, absolutely fast moving or fast as a human anyways. Yeah, yeah. Not exactly. shambling. Exactly. And, and I will correct you that even though you did qualify 28 days later with plague victims, they're not zombies. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not calling them zombies. I said, yeah, okay, well, then, then you should be. Then you shouldn't be adding them into that classification because they're not ah, zombies. Okay. They're not zombies, and they don't fit into the genre. All right. They're not dead. There's, there's, they're not dead. Stealing the tropes. They're stealing the tropes of the genre. They're taking the. They're taking the tropes, and and it's people are now misinformed because of that. They're not dead. That is the one main factor that you have to have to be a zombie. You have to be dead and have come back to life. And these guys, and and the nice thing about Black Summer is they die, they come back to life fast so that when a person is laying there dying, people won't give them aid 
because someone could drop dead and turn like that. Yeah, they so turn fast. Yeah, it's 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 one or two heartbeats after the heart starts stops beating that their eyes go boing and they're ready to go. There is no downtime, and it's it's frightening. It's a good frightening effect, and the way people react to seeing an injured person, you know, the terror, you know, that was that was really well communicated. Oh yeah. Now to give a background to the story of the story a little bit, it's it's about these. Uh, at one point, eight characters, and it's it's their little story and how they kind of connect and try to have to work together to survive this scenario. Now, apparently, it's during the summertime. That's why it's Black Summer. And when the when the TV when the show starts, they are six weeks into the problem. So it's been going on, and where we're at is, um, it's kind of like. Uh, a refugee situation. People are being put into convoys with military vehicles and they're shuffling them along to an area. When that area gets hot, they then kind of gather them up and move them, keep on moving them. So, and bomb the area that's being evacuated. Oh yeah. The, lots of air, lots of air power that you, you, you see in this. Yeah. And not particularly effective. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, uh, Joe Zombie doesn't care if you fill him full of shrapnel unless you hit him in the head. Uh, he doesn't yeah. care if he doesn't care if he gets hit with an over overpressure wave uh, that would uh, smash up his ribs or his lungs or no doesn't care. It might knock him down for a second, but he'll get right back up. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Uh, some of the biggest arguments people have is that it's like there's not enough guns, um, and a lot of people are like, why aren't they shooting him in the head and this and that. What is the term you used with me uh, the other day, Scott? When we were talking about this, the power fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually, I thought it was you who said it. That this, this uh, most zombie films have been a power fantasy, especially since Dawn of the Dead, with taking over the mall and having all the guns from the gun store. That was a big power fantasy, and this one just sucks all that right out. You were always under threat. You were always, uh, you know. You know, well, it's 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 five against two. Why can't we just go out there and beat the zombies with you know clubs until they're dead? Well, imagine if it was five people versus one rabid dog, and there's no rabies vaccine to be found, and all you have to defeat the rabid dog is frying pans, you know, and uh, you know a, a fire extinguisher club. You know, you're really going to go out there and fight the rabid dog? Well. Uh, but then also, uh, well, let's uh, before we get ahead of ourselves is okay. Um, uh, with the whole the gun scenario, let's just talk about that for a second. So, there are a few people with guns, but also you got to remember these people are refugees. Okay, now, yeah, they're not in their homes; they're in somebody else's home. There's maybe a few people who's still around. Yeah, uh, even in the neighborhood that's being evacuated, the only time I ever saw guns was from somebody who clearly intended to stay in place. Yeah, and was refusing to leave. You know. But the people who are moving through this neighborhood, this suburb, like you said, Jared, they're not in their homes. They're camped out in other people's houses as they attempt to work their way one neighborhood at a time, one one street at a time, to get to where the army's going to pick people up in these trucks. You know, and people are having trouble finding the place, and the army is fucking trigger happy nervous. 
And if you show up with a gun, you might just get greased. They're super jumpy. Oh yeah, and yes, I know there are a lot of there are a lot of guns in this country. I'm not going to argue that with anybody because it's 100% true. But I probably know as many people with guns as without. I may know I may know more people without guns. You know, it's just that you know we have um, parts of the population that have multiple, 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 multiples. Oh yeah, which, which, kind, which kind of bring that average. So there, trust me, there are plenty of people who don't have and don't know how to use. So if these are people who didn't have and they're being, you know, because there may be there may be other stories in, in this universe where yeah, there's people armed to the teeth, you know. But in this particular scenario, we don't have it because they're they're in a refugee situation. They're scared. They're hungry. They don't know what's going on. Like somebody, somebody equated this to like, um, was it like a Bosnia or something? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. A friend, of, a friend of mine who was in the British military back during the nineties talked about being in Bosnia and seeing refugees, you know, moving through areas, you know, and and felt that it really had this. It, it reminded you know what? It's like the zombie version of uh, uh, of this that video game uh, called what's it called? My War. You know about this one? It was oh, the yeah, game. Yeah. Where you don't play the combatants, you play the people who are trying not to get killed in the crossfire of the war. Um, and it's all it's all about you know marshaling resources. It's a resource game and making decisions. What are the consequences? But uh, yeah, uh, our I think it was called either my war or our war. This is like the video game version of that. This is not Halo. This is not um, Left for uh, Dead or Battlefield Two. Yeah, this is. This is the, the 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 our war version of a zombie movie where, um, yeah, uh, you are at the mercy of these gigantic forces that are uh, bombing the city. I mean, that's the government response and dragging people away and you know separating families, separating people from their families if they think they're sick. You know. Yeah. Um, people are scared to death that they're going to get picked as being sick and be thrown aside and there's there's people who if they don't have the right papers to prove they're a US citizen they get thrown aside you know so a lot of the story a lot of a lot of characters we follow in this thing are people who could not get on the army trucks because they were they didn't have proper citizenship papers they didn't have the paperwork or they just didn't like the, the look of them yeah the army just ran them off at gunpoint yeah, so we're six weeks into this problem, and um, they do an interesting uh, filming with this with this show. Like, you have an episode, and also part of the problem, uh, the episode lengths aren't consistent. They can run anywhere from 25 minutes to 45 minutes. So they're not consistent with their episode lengths, and which was a little bit of a negative, but nothing big, not a big deal. Um, within each episode, they have chapters. Like they'll title it, you know, the car, um, the store, and it'll title card will come up, and they'll have a little chapter, and then it'll go, like it's like you know broken up, you know, it's like little subcategories of like what's going on, and in the in the first episode or two, they do a pretty good job of laying down the groundwork for the characters and then stitching them together. Like you saw something happened, but then you saw it happen at another angle for another character. Like oh, oh yeah. I uh, watching it a second time, I started to realize that I'd seen characters in scenes, um, but I didn't realize they were going to come back later. 
but they were in scenes doing things or they were down the street. The action that you see later that's happening down the street in a later chapter, you know, you're seeing it close up. That that was I really like that. Yeah, and then, uh one of the other things uh, people are talking about was how um, situational awareness that a lot of these people didn't have it. And again, I think a part of it is you're in a refugee situation. They don't know where they're at. They don't know their neighborhoods. They're scared. It was like, oh, you didn't hear the zombie coming or you didn't get hit by the truck. Again, it's a power fantasy. It's like, you know what? It's great for you to talk all tough, like you're going to be the warrior of the wasteland. But I hate to say, it, unless you're really in that snare, you don't know how you're going to react. You know, yeah, uh, most, I, most of us are casualties. <laughs> yeah, most I of would, us are casualties. I would like to think that I would do awesome in this situation, but no guarantees. You know, so I'm a little forgiving on. Yeah, some of the characters are stupid because again, they're just regular fucking people. Oh, oh, and here's the biggest argument people have, and uh, is that. Dude, they do how to deal with zombies. Have they never seen a zombie movie? Oh, I hate that. I hate that argument. Oh, my God. No. No, they haven't. Because for a zombie, except for, like, you know, uh, Return, Return. Of the Return of the yeah. Dead series, which purposely pokes fun at that, for that scenario story to work, you can't know about zombies because it won't work. Yeah. And the whole like, point is it's a surprise to these people. It's a surprise. Like, Scott, uh, Scott, give us the examples you said. People in a Star Trek movie. Yeah, yeah. You never, you don't see anyone in the Star Trek saying, well, you know, fortunately, uh, I watched uh, Wrath of Khan, so I know how to deal with Ricardo Montalban, uh, and we'll sort this out. Nobody in Star Trek has seen Star Trek, okay? Oh. Now, I will point out that in the Orville, they make a reference to Star Trek as, you know, a TV show in the past, which I thought was kind of hilarious, but that's okay. Different franchise. They can make that joke. Um, and it's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. But the idea that, uh, yeah, I, that really bugs me that this idea that it's bad because well, haven't these people ever seen a zombie movie? Yes. Maybe they saw white zombie with Bella Lugosi or King of the zombies from 1932, uh, or I you know walked with a zombie or whatever, you know, or maybe they saw that Carl Kolchak episode called the zombie where to defeat the zombie, you have to sew, uh, you put, put salt in his mouth and sew his lips shut. Okay, maybe they know all that zombie lore from, from Haiti, okay? But they don't know the Romero stuff because it didn't happen because we're in an alternate universe, okay? You know, an alternate universe where there are zombies. Yeah. And so, like, or also, like you said, Star Wars movies. It's like, well, haven't the people in the Star Wars movies know that they just need to shoot down the, you know, the whole of the Death Star? Did they yeah, see, yeah. Didn't they see that movie already? No, they're not aware of these things, you know? <laughs> Don't they know about the exhaust port just below the main port? Yeah, okay. Yeah, By the so way, I, I will have to say this. Having gone back and watched Rogue One, I was really happy to find out that the Death Star blew up so easy in Star Wars because the designer of it built a fatal flaw into it. That was a nice bit of retro touching, you know? Giant battle station blown up by this tiny little flaw in it and if the only ways in the flaw exists is because somebody deliberately built it in his sabotage that was a nice retcon from the star wars people good job rogue one but moving along yeah 
Uh, so yeah, the argument that they don't know about, you know, that want to know about zombies is a, it's a straw man argument. It's like you, you can't you can't do that. Um, so that being said, people don't know to shoot him in the head now. During the, you know, they were they were definitely slow to figure it out because again, you're in a refugee situation. You don't have a lot of communication. Not a lot of information is being shared. Um, even the military guys don't know to necessarily shoot in the head. They just shoot them because they don't know yet that they're all they know is they're shooting them and they're not and they're not stopping. They don't you know because you know they're shooting like twenty times and oh they fell to the ground they're not getting up. They don't know that the headshot necessarily caused it to stop. Yeah, all they know is. Shoot as much as you can, and it'll stop. So that isn't common knowledge yet, even though it's six weeks in. But again, it's a little bit of a problem, a little bit of a problem, a little bit of a problem, people moving, people moving, people moving. And um, I think towards the end of the series, some people are figuring it out because you see some people, or maybe they're not figuring it out, but you'll see some people shoot something down, and it's kind of uh, getting up, boom, they'll shoot it in the head. You see some people do that, but most, people, certainly- most, most people don't. And certainly one of the things that, you know, there's this whole, why don't they have guns? Why don't they have guns? Why don't they have guns? Here's a huge spoiler. Uh, The last episode gives everybody guns, gives everybody shit tons of guns, just guns falling out of their assholes. Everybody's got an M4 and a, you know, M9 pistol and, you know, an MP5. And, uh, and guess what, kids? It doesn't help. It made the problem worse. It really makes it even more fucked up being surrounded by a bunch of people you don't know that you've never trained with before, that you've never worked with before, where everybody's got a weapon and everybody's jumpy and everybody's looking the wrong way because nobody's watching the flanks because everyone's looking straight ahead. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no fire discipline because they don't know. Yeah. They're just, they're just people. And you see what happens when you have a lot of people with guns. And it's like, I think that's something that happens towards the end of the series. I think that's completely believable scenario. Yeah. I think they depicted that well. It was so much chaos from Mm -hmm. that. Because you're first like, okay, yeah, here comes some people. They finally get some guns. They're getting getting their shit together. It just fucking falls apart. (laughs) Almost immediately. Um, and it's because they've had no time to train. They've had no time to work together. They don't have any kind of an anti-zombie doctrine. They don't know how to form up a form, make a formation as they move through the city. They don't know how to do any of that stuff. And uh, boy, it shows. It's not pretty. Um, yeah, yeah and, and, and even the soldiers don't know because later on, when you see more zombies, you see a lot of soldier zombies there too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 they got run over too. Uh, one of the things that uh, Jonathan Turner mentioned that he really liked that showed him that the situation was going into the shitter was all the beards on the soldiers. Yeah. Everybody's got what looks like three or four weeks or, or a couple, at least a couple of weeks of growth, you know, where nobody's been able to find the time. Uh, grooming standards. Fuck it. You know, we had grooming standards even in Iraq, you know, about, making sure you've shaved and to make sure your mustache or your moustache in the case of uh, what was it? Uh, Generation kill your moustache does not go beyond the corners of your mouth. Yeah. Now all that shit's out the window. <laughs> yeah. And it was a nice little signifier that shit was not going well. Yeah. So, um, so basically this, the show is about 
a group of people, and they're kind of broken up into little segments. And, and they of, do they break up and come back together, right? They do because, they're, because they're all going towards the same place, so they will come across each other as they're all crisscrossing and zigzagging to get to the evacuation point. Evacuation point. <clears throat> they get a. There's a an episode where there's a bit of a Lord of the Flies situation going on. Amaze balls. Which I thought was good because again, you're a month and a half in, and people just abandon their children. So what are they going to do? They're going to fend for themselves. Yeah. You know, and I see a lot of online p- arguments about you know, well, why don't they do this or they don't do that? And it's like, eh, nah, not really. Um, because it takes place in a school, and like, why are people just jumping out the windows? Because they generally make it so people can't do that. Or yeah, I was about it. to say the, the complaint that the you know, why aren't they just jumping out the windows? My school had those had those windows with the metal mesh in the glass, you know, and you couldn't open them. Uh, and even especially today with all the you know school shooters, I'll bet you there's plenty of windows you can't open because we have to protect the students. Well, now it's a kind of a fire hazard, right? Because everyone's you you can't go out a window. That complaint just seemed no good to me. I did it just. It's it's obvious why they can't go out the window. You can see the kind of windows they are. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's a complaint. And then I saw somebody else bitch about. There's a scenario where they have a scenario, like there's a mission that they have to go on to obtain to do something. Like they they plan this mission to go to this particular place because they need, they want to uh, obtain some uh, they want to obtain some firearms. And people bitched about we didn't see the we didn't see the plan come we didn't see the planning. Oh good. yeah, good. I, I was fine with that. It was a great episode where all you saw was the plan being executed. You didn't see the planning part. You know that montage of planning. No, it was just you just saw it executed, and you as the audience member had to kind of keep up with all the shit that was happening. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I was fine with that. It's like okay, you know, I don't want to waste half the episode of them making the plan. It's like they just did it, and I was cool with that. Mm-hmm. And even and even the way they show the plan coming together, again, they'll like show something going on, but then you'll see something from another character's perspective, which then ties into that one. I think they did a good job with that bit of cinematography, cinematography how they kind of brought the story together from different characters' perspectives, and it definitely, and then had the overlap. Yeah, you know? and you know, and there's a there's a moment in there where they get to the they they show everything, and the plan is over, and then they go back in, sort of out of out of uh, chronological order and have this title card comes up and says, not part of the plan. And then you see something that explains why everything goes to shit during the plan. And it was beautifully done. And they, what is even better is they don't explain why not part of the plan happened. Yeah. Right. You can, you can speculate and you're probably right. Yeah, but you do not get the. They do not lay out why this incident happened, except you know, all you know is that that character who does not part of the plan, she and her boyfriend, we know were these like, people. They're like, we know a place to get guns, so they're familiar with this place. And so when things go a little off, go off the rails, it's like, well, I guess these people have some history. <laughs> you know, I guess we're settling accounts now, and it was uh, it was really well done. Yeah, that was that was a good that was a, episode six, I think, maybe the best of the entire, maybe the best. Yeah, and that had one really terrifying situation in there for me. So I'm going to spoil this one. I'm spoiling is basically zombie in an air duct. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
and 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 how do you get a zombie in the air duct? Ever you're crawling through the air ducts with your buddy, and do, do, do I do I spoil that part? Uh, eh, let's not spoil it too much. All right, let's not spoil that part. But oh yeah, um, when they're doing their heist, and I guess that was what episode six was called was heist. There's a part where the place they're in, the lights go off, and people start shooting with the lights off, and it's like. If there weren't zombies inside before, you're creating them by shooting into a crowd with the lights off. And it goes absolutely just, it falls apart so fast people are hit with a shrapnel. It is oh, it, it's oh, amazing. It, oh, it went pear-shaped in a matter of 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, and it, 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 they really did a good job of just the, with the tension and the frantic you know, energy of that scene. Because again, really people, because apparently they don't know to go for the head yet. Like they haven't, like in in this world, they haven't learned that yet. You know, people are starting to learn that. Like, uh, like there's a uh, to to go back a little bit. You know, at the di there's a scene where they're holding up in a diner, and it's it's five to two, and they still can't deal with the zombies because they don't have guns. Yeah, they go out and they get they get what cast iron skillet, right? Skillets, meat hammers. Um, oh, the meat hammer! Yeah, I, I would have thought that'd have been great. But this goes to show you the one thing, and Scott and I talked about this, is, yeah, if you have guns and you're good at shooting, you know, a 10-inch by 8-inch target while it's moving. Oh, and even better, sir, it's only the top. It's only the part from the eyebrows up that matters. Well, your brain goes kind of back there. So we'll call it from here. You know? Man mandible <laughs> up. With the mandible up, so we're talking like what eight inches by eight inches. So you got to hit that target at range, and it's moving fast and erratic. No problem, you know. Yeah. Again, <laughs> yeah. power fantasy. You know. Oh yeah, I shoot at paper targets all day long that size. Is it a is it a dead thing trying to eat you, running at yeah. you? And how's moving? your How's your adrenaline while this is happening? Yeah. 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 Uh, in the school where they're trying to shoot that one zombie, I guess it's in a cafeteria. Oh my um, god! They're, they're 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 he's dumping rounds from that M9 into it, and he's trying to hit the head, and he's hitting it in the upper shoulders, in the neck. He's missing the head completely. You know, he's trying to fucking hit it in the head. It's just not working out because it's it's dodging and weaving, not because it's avoiding getting to, not because it's avoiding getting shot in the head. But because it's trying, it's trying to track them and keep up with their movements. It's erratic. So, so before that, before they come, these guys come along later to the diner, and when there's one on the ground, he does shoot it in the head. They're trying to attack it with pans and fire extinguishers and stuff. But it goes to show you, okay, your brain is the, is the most one of the most vital places in your body, and it's really protected really well. You know. Yeah, the so, skull, skulls are much harder than we think they are. Yeah, like people are hitting it in the head. It's like, why isn't it dying? Because you probably didn't get you didn't get through the skull. That's why. <laughs> uh, even even more, but this is something my wife pointed out. Uh, Jane was saying, "Well, you hit somebody in the head with a meat hammer or a crowbar or whatever, and you've caused." Uh, subdural bleeds, right? Suddenly blood is from burst veins is filling the brain and they're going to pass out because of that damage, right? And you can just finish them off on the ground if you want to. Um, 
uh, the things that will, they'll be stunned by the impact of the thing to their head. They'll have uh, brain bleeds. Uh, none of that affects a zombie. Their hearts aren't going. They don't bleed into their brains. You know, uh, you have to crack the skull open and physically destroy the brain, which is fucking difficult, especially, you know, maybe I give the Walking Dead a break because these guys are rotten and maybe they're a little soft. They've sort of demonstrated in some episodes that the zombies are soft because they're really rotten. But these are fresh, but, fresh, fresh off but the, the but, the, but the skull is still going to be, unless the skull's... Bones do soft do bones do get now do soften up to a certain extent, but uh, yeah, uh, the uh, this these people when they're trying to kill them with blunt instruments, holy shit, it does not go well. You know, um, the the zombies aren't scared; they don't pull their punches. They're all in on their attack, and everyone who's dealing with them, yeah, you want to attack, but you don't want to get bit. You know, so you're not fully committed. With the energy you need to crack that skull open. Yeah, with the with blunt weapons, you're you're screwed because um, unless you have something that has like you know a spike that could penetrate better. Because again, you have a smaller point of impact and it's going to be able to penetrate as long as you have enough force. You know, if you have like a pickaxe, a pickaxe or or something with a you know like a you know oh, like a, an ice pick might work better. An ice pick, something that's going to be able to penetrate if you put enough force behind it, but something that's like. Here's a pan with a large surface area. Here you go. You might crack the skull, but it's not going to get it. So that's part of the problem too. Is even if they're learning that they need to hit them in the head, and but I don't think they really realize because at one point one guy says is like I don't know what I don't know if they're alive. I don't know if they're dead. They don't really. They still don't know what they're dealing with. Yeah, and they've probably been getting a ton of misinformation up till now before the TV shut off, before the internet shut off. <laughs> They were undoubtedly getting massive amounts of bullshit before it all shut down. You know, they were hearing, you know, uh, everyone was blaming it on something else. It's a, it's a biological weapon. It's a, it's an infection. And they do have that moment where they realize, hey, those two people who died in the car accident got right up and turned into zombies. That means it's not about getting bit. It's not an infection. You know. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yep, yeah, they did have that epiphany because they're like, "Listen, she got. They died from the car crash. They weren't bit, and they came back. So then yeah. they they had a they had a oh yeah yeah they had they had, one, an, they had an aha moment because yeah. that one guy sitting around talking loud and authoritative about you know it's an infection seeking new it's a parasite seeking new hosts and uh, and they're like mm, I don't know man we saw what we saw and I thought that was a nice moment to you know to shut that down. Yeah, so uh, I think they did a lot of good things. I mean, a lot of people are comparing it, like you said, to The Walking Dead. They're Walking Dead fanboys. You know, it's like, yeah, there is definitely an oversaturation. There's a lot of bad zombie stuff out there. But again, overall, I I enjoyed it. I had a, I, I, it kept me entertained. I think there was a lot of action to it. Um, were some of the characters stupid? And you know, because like, oh, because people are like, oh, the people are getting hit by cars and they're not realizing. Again, these people are are kind of shell-shocked a bit at this point. You know, they're not, you know, they're not completely with it all the time necessarily, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, they throw some interesting elements into there, like language barriers. They throw, oh, yeah. in, uh, they throw in language barriers or even um, communication issues besides the language barriers. Yeah. Like, um, you know, they, you know, I guess they had a character who, um, uh, they, had a deaf. Deaf, they had a deaf character. 
in there. So that created communication issues. And I, and I found it interesting that they're trying to get these people to work together, but they, the story created these barriers like, well, they can't communicate because they don't speak the same language or they don't understand you. So I thought those are some interesting elements, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> surviving this stuff is all about communication. And they, they, they by stripping that out uh, for the uh, Korean woman who doesn't speak great English but has some and the deaf character who's, you know, who speaks American sign, but, you know. Nobody uh, nobody else does. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, that was uh, – and I, and I think uh, one of the reasons that that uh, deaf character – uh, follows the kids in the school, or the one kid they see in the school, is because the kid runs away when they say, "Hey, we're we're not going to hurt you," and the kid runs away. I kind of presume that the deaf guy thought it must be a deaf kid. You know, yeah, yeah, why wouldn't it. why wouldn't he run? Why would he run away if if we just said, "Hey, we're not going to hurt you. We're here to help," and then the kid runs away? They're like, I, I got the impression that maybe he thought this kid was deaf and he wanted to try and help another deaf person, you know, uh, and let them know that there wasn't a problem. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's remarkable. Now it's, it's extremely low budget. Um, some people will probably gripe that there are, there are no, when the, when the guns do come out, there aren't much in the way of, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, squib Pract effect, squib practical squib effects. Pract practical effects. It's very digital. There's a lot of digital effects. Of course, in that last episode, to be blazing away, full auto with people that close, I don't know how you'd get that past the uh, the safety rules for doing a you know it's, it's not nineteen what's when was uh dawn seventy eight, you know uh, yeah yeah where you could just load anybody up with a squib and set it off. Now you need a stunt man uh, to 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 blow a squib up on. So uh, they do do this thing where. The, the weapons are are digital, you know, unfortunately. And it's not my favorite thing, but, you know, sometimes when it comes to B-movies, which I guess still exist, you just, you're, you're just going to have to accept that not everything's going to be up to saving Private Ryan levels of, uh, of, of firearms. You're just going to have to accept that, you know. Well, yeah, and that's perfect. And that's what you get with a lot of these streaming services. Like, they don't have Hollywood budgets, but they have a, they, you know, they might have a good story, and they're trying to tell a good story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, it, uh, the the uh, overall is very happy with the whole thing. Uh, it was filmed up in Calgary. I spotted a couple of Canadian actors uh, who I recognize from other projects um, and stuff that's filmed up in Canada, uh, including some guys that the, the father at the beginning was somebody who was all over. Um, supernatural for a couple seasons um but uh and i think one of the two soldiers uh who they encounter um was uh the the guy with the mustache sort of hispanic looking guy of uh, the two soldiers he he looked familiar i think i've seen him also uh out of vancouver doing you know stuff did, did, did they all did how do you know they're all canadian did they say hosts <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, one presumes if you're working in Canada, it's because you have a Canadian green card, you know, uh, or you're a Canadian citizen. Uh, I'm sure they had to get I'm sure they had to get Dukovny and Gillian Anderson green cards to go up there when they were first doing X-Files back in the 90s, you know, because they were American actors. But just about everybody else in that cast was Canadian, you know. Um, uh, but anyways, uh 
yeah, this is this is a low budget. It's small. I binged it in about two days, and I did not feel like I, 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 it moved fast. Um, it, how do I put this? It's seven weeks in, but it feels like this is the point in the zombie apocalypse where it stopped being on TV and is now in your living room. You know, people have not adjusted to that change of reality. Yeah, the, tide, not, the tide turned. It was like this This was it. This is the tipping point. Yeah. Yeah. We've just gotten to the point where humans are on the are wrong footed and are in retreat. And they've never we've never been in retreat before, ever as a species. Um, and here we are living it, you know. Um, you know what else I quite liked was they managed to be super scary just by having a character talk when that woman Carmen talks about the horde. Yeah. Man, she sold that where she you haven't all they've been threatened by is one zombie here, one zombie here, one zombie here, just individual just just maybe two you've seen at once. But when she starts talking about have you seen the horde? And I'm just like and describes it like buffalo crossing the plane. Yeah. Oh yeah, because she because they said, Yeah, people think they can't swim. They're like, uh uh-uh. uh, they can. They, they can, can get cross the rivers, yeah. They can and cross the guy, rivers. The guy describes them as like army ants forming a bridge out of each other to get across. I'm just like, oh God. <laughs> I didn't want to hear that. That was <laughs> but that was really good. Just yeah, just getting that detail from another witness, you know, that was really effective. That was good and scary, and yeah, you knew you didn't want to see that happening. No, uh, no, no, and throughout the course of the story, there is an overarching plot to it. Is in the beginning, we see a husband, a wife, and a child. The kid gets put on the truck to go to the stadium. The mythical stadium is throughout the entire series. The promised land. The yeah. promise. They're all trying to get to the stadium deep in the heart of the city. And um, which they were trying to get away from, but um, that's where the big evacuation is. Everyone's being brought together before they're evacuated to this holding area at the stadium. And boy, did that feel a little like Left for Dead to you? It, it just it felt a little fucked up. It's like okay, <laughs> the the problem <laughs> the problems in the cities because of the density um, of of the population, they were getting people away from it. Now they're going back, which made no sense. But um, to me, um, so the uh, the daughter gets on the truck. The parents don't because the the husband was uh, injured, so they thought he was bit and they didn't want him on. So the whole story is the mother trying to find the daughter and get to the stadium so she could get to her daughter. That is really the main uh, arc through the entire series. Is her doing what she has to do with people without people to get to the stadium. That's like her only. That's her motivation to get to the stadium. The entire uh, series. Yeah, yeah, and um, even so, that skeleton of a plot, or that you know, the stadium, I guess, is the MacGuffin. You know, the thing that they, everyone wants to get to, uh, but uh, mostly everybody in the story is just worried about. I mean, when you're as an audience member, you're worried about people's survival, I guess. For them, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I didn't like these people. I didn't care if they lived or died. And I'm like, well, you know, sometimes you don't get that option in a disaster of, you know, I, I want to be interested in these people. Well, 
okay, I get I get that as a, a fictional trope you want people to be interested in, but um, I certainly have plenty of people who just were like, ah, I just wanted the zombies to kill them. I didn't like them. They weren't attractive or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I get that matter of personal taste, but I also like the idea that the that they didn't, how do I put it? They didn't, you know, heavily invest in making characters attractive uh, just so you'd, you know, or so you'd like them. Now, when you're saying attractive, you're not just talking about physical appearance. You're no, I just about, mean that they're good I, personalities or uh, worthy individuals or they make moral yeah. choices. Um, you know, uh, they did not polish these people up uh, for the zombie apocalypse. They are uh, as competent, incompetent, worthwhile, worthless, ruthless, you know, nasty, uh, hapless as they were before the problem started. You know, they just had civilization there to smooth out the rough parts for them. And then that fell away. And now, you know, their flaws are kind of blown oh, yeah. up. Yeah, because, you know, it's not, you know, and again, not just, you know, the apocalypse happens, not everybody's going to become the warrior of the wasteland. It's a, you know, as much as people think, you know, well, I, I have all my guns and I'm stocked, I'm prepared. It's like, that's great because maybe they'll give you more of an edge. But when the shit really fucking goes down, you know, are you going to be that, you know, a competent, you know, competent of a person, you know, because yeah. most of these people, it's like, yeah. And there are people out there who are competent people who are maybe ex-military who have a lot of training who may fare a lot better in these scenarios. I'm not saying that there aren't people who are not, there are plenty of people who are going to fare a lot better than the common man. You know, uh, these people are generally the common man. Yeah. Yeah. And now the thing is they do this when they do the heist. One of the things I loved about it is everybody got to use their specialty. The linemen got to do stuff with electricity. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the uh, guy who was the, the criminal got to be do lock picking, you know, uh, everybody got to exercise some part of their specialty. You know, the little girl, the smallest girl got to go through the, air vents with all the guns to sneak them out of the building. So everybody got to do something in that plan. Yeah. You know, um, which I liked, you know, and it showed their competence going up against a bunch of armed, serious, bad assholes, you know, and getting the best of them, you know, as dangerous as these zombies were, those humans were just as dangerous and they did really well. Uh, and it showed them, you know, and I guess one of the big lessons is, if the working together, when they're working together, you know, things are going pretty good. It's when they haven't congealed to work together, when there's splits and fissures like that. When they're in the diner, the biggest problem is the asshole who's trying to get people to pick sides. Yeah. You know, that's the reason they're fucking up is because there's somebody in there who's trying to turn that situation into not us versus the zombies, but us versus those guys and the, you know, other people in the diner, you know? And so humans is social organizing animals. When we're organized and we're social and working together, it's not that, you know, it's, it, we're doing okay against the zombies. It's just that when we're not, when we're not organized, yeah. When we're up against each other, when it's every man for himself. Yeah. It gets, it gets nasty fast. Oh, yeah, exactly. Again, like any good zombie scenario, you know, ultimately the problem isn't necessarily the zombies, it's your fellow survivors. So they they did keep that um, 
uh, theme going a bit. You know, now these zombies are these zombies are a problem. Oh, absolutely. But to defeat the problem, people had to work together, and you couldn't get people to work together. Yeah, and that what is it, sort of the classic zombie apocalypse problem, or zombie apocalypse, uh, uh, not trope, but uh, that's the thing that most zombie apocalypses present. That is to say, you know, you've got to work together. People are bad at working together in a crisis. You know, uh, if you could cooperate, you'd survive. Yeah. And um, oh, I was going to make a point, but I can't make a point. Um, I totally forgot. I, I was going to make a point. Now I can't remember. Related to that about how the people, you know, some people, are, you know, um, are you know are just are just assholes, you know, um, which causes a problem. Or or part of the problem is people are just they're terrified, they're scared. Like some of those people were so like the one lady uh, that we thought was going to be a main character who eventually wasn't. You know, she was just terror. She she was you know she was scared. She didn't know what's yeah. going on. She didn't know what to do. You know, she was kind of useless. You know. Well, and and everybody telling everybody that they meet, I'm not dead weight. I won't slow you down. You know, you can tell that people have been dumped by groups already. Yeah. You know what I mean? The people have been thrown out of a group because that group decided that they were the weakest link or some, you know, stupid shit like that. And so everyone's desperate not to be abandoned, not to be left behind. There was the the one guy who definitely was... I think he was the weakest link. He was just inept. Oh, yeah. and his, his name was Lance. And I'm just going to point out that uh, for anyone out there who's named Lance, I apologize, but I've had a lot of bad experiences with Lances. Okay. Uh, the same way I've had bad experiences with um, uh, Spencer. That's another name that has not generated a lot of great people in my, in, in my life. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm always dubious about Lances and Spencers. So, uh, yeah, his, it turns out his name was Lance, you know. Um, yeah, he's the guy who when who curls up. Yeah. He curls up when uh, the problem starts to get closer and closer. His response was just to fold up like origami, you know, and, uh, and then check in and do other things to check out. You know, um, there's that one scene where he ends up with a rifle at the end of the episode. And I'm like, Oh, he's got a rifle. And then he doesn't have it later. And I'm like, Oh, I guess I know where the rifle went. Yeah. You know, Cause he had to pay his way into that place. So, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. Somebody has bad priorities. Um, but yeah. again, it's, it's, you know, he's, he's, uh, he was beyond his limit of coping. Oh yeah. You know? There are situations where he had, he had a good, he had a good uh, situation going on. But he didn't think to, you know, how about you lock the door? Yeah. Once you've gone in a building, lock the door behind yourself. Lock the door behind yourself. Or he had a bit of luck and fate didn't, you know, work out for him. You know, you know the, the, fire, the firehouse scene. Oh, didn't work, didn't work out for him. Well, the th- one of the things, I mean, I'm sitting there watching going, there's got to be an axe. Find an axe. And he's like, oh, there's an axe. And then... And then, well, how do I put this? Um, it felt like part of this felt like somebody was playing uh, Call of Cthulhu is a, a sort of an infamous role-playing game for being very hard on players. 
Uh, you don't have tons of hit points. You know, you die very easily in the game. Um, you don't have a lot of combat skills. You're just floundering around a lot of the time. And I, I sort of felt like I was watching a Call of Cthulhu game where not only was it, you know, so what's your swing axe skill? Uh, I don't know. I put all my skill into pistol. Well, you don't have any bullets for your pistol, so I guess you're going to have to swing the axe. You know, and because you didn't, you know, plan for that eventuality, yeah, you're missing with the axe. You can't seem to make a contact with a head, or at least you can't make contact with the blade to the head. You're, you know, it, it, it's all bad. It's just all bad. Oh, yeah. and Or to put it into D, if you want to put it in D&D terms, he rolled a one. Oh, yeah. He absolutely he, rolls a one. He rolls a one. Or, you know what? He probably didn't have, he didn't have proficiency in yeah. axes. So he's already had a penalty in the first place. And he didn't just fail his roll. He, he, he had a critical failure. He, yeah. he, he rolled an F and one. So if you want to put it in DD terms, he rolled a one because, yeah. Totally. <laughs> it goes this great moment where it's like, okay, zombie's back is turned. It's not moving. I've got an axe and rattle, rattle, rattle. <laughs> well, oops. <laughs> DM, what'd you roll? A one? Oh, yeah. that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a there's a lot of that. That's how it felt like because the, the world was so capricious and, you know, people were unable to, to you know, I mean, they beat those zombies in the head a lot at the diner and can't kill one of them. Uh, it, 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 it really, that was, and then they all run back in the building, exhausted, panting out of breath. And I'm thinking, yeah, you know, who's not out of breath fucking zombies. Oh, and also to add to the fact of trying to penetrate a skull with a blunt object, because again, broad surface area, uh, frying pans, even the fire extinguisher, um, Again, uh, to, to spoil a bit, they eventually knock some, they, you know, the guy who was the problem, they eventually decide to take him down, and they beat him with the weapons in the head. And guess what? They didn't crack his skull. They didn't destroy his brain. They just knocked him on the ground and made it, knocked him silly. Yeah, yeah. And even they, on a human, even on a human, they couldn't, it was difficult to beat a guy to, into, to, they couldn't beat a guy to death. They couldn't be stupid weapons. Yeah, they, could, they couldn't beat them to death by hitting them in the head. So it's like, how the hell are they going to do it to something that's <laughs> going like that? You yeah, know? And, and isn't susceptible to the kind of brain injuries that a human would put a human out like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he fell to the ground. And it was like, uh, but it didn't kill him. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's. Uh, I thought Black Summer. We we both came away from Black Summer giving it the thumbs up. We think that you yeah. will not be. Uh, at all, you will not be poorly served by watching uh, watching it. Um, now, my two uh, opinions vary because oh, yeah. plenty of people don't like this. Yeah, um, yeah. We've had I've had plenty of my friends tell me that they have no idea why I'm recommending. They've seen it and they were they were totally turned off by it and didn't like it. But I don't know for some reason. And we're picky. I mean, that's the funny thing is that usually we're the ones who are picky and hate the new thing and hate the yeah, but. This I, I, I'm work. really, I'm really picky, you know. Yeah. So I don't want to tell you guys, except uh, get out your Netflix accounts and take a look. I think you'll be happy. Yeah, because well, again, I think part of it too is um, I didn't go into this looking for you know the power, the power scenario. You know, mm -hmm. the power, um, that's what. But a lot of that's what that's what people when it comes to zombies. I think the stories people want the power, uh, the power scenario. Yeah, they want the power. Uh, what do we call it? Uh, uh, the power fantasy. The fantasy thing. Oh, I couldn't remember. People want the power fantasy. 
with with zombie stories. And guess it's not. Uh, so if I didn't get it because I wasn't looking for it, I'm like, okay, well, let's see what this does. You know, like Train to Busan is not a power fantasy. They, oof, they just do bad. You know, you know they can't. You know, it's just bad situation too. You know, yeah. just regular people in regular situations. So, um, yeah. So, folks, if you got Netflix, um, we think it's worth looking in, into. Your your opinion and mileage may vary than ours, but um, you know what? You wouldn't be listening to us if you didn't think we at least had some semblance of a good opinion. You know, absolutely. So um, next next week, do we? Uh, what are we gonna do next week? Well, we're gonna do yet another Netflix uh, movie, Silence. Yep. Um, again, a lot of people. Uh, oh, and by the way. Stephen King uh, tweeted that he liked Black Summer. So, well, uh, did you notice that his book showed up? There's there's a part where that Lance guy's in the bookstore, and there's a copy of the book Cell uh, on the bookshelf, which is Stephen King's sort of zombie apocalypse. Huh. Oh, maybe that's why he liked it. Okay. Well, yeah, he had some product placement at least, but yeah, I I I, I heard that he liked it. Actually, I should say I didn't hear that he liked it, but I had I did notice the novel. Uh, he tweeted that he liked it. So, um, uh, Silence, which is a movie based off a book. Now, a lot of people are calling it a poorly done poor man's uh, quiet place. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot of disdain for it, but uh, I don't think it's as bad as everybody makes it out to be. Uh, there's some neat stuff in it, and stuff I think was uh, better in my opinion. Um, and then of course there was some sappy crap, uh, the stuff that I thought was stupid too, but I think there, uh, there was more good stuff than bad stuff for me, uh, for it. So, uh, we're going to do that, you know, cause again, it's based off a book which came out in 2015, which, uh, the book came out before the quiet place was written. At least I think, I don't know when it was written, but it couldn't have been written before 2015. So, um, it's not really copying a quiet place. It's just that maybe, with the success of the quiet place, like, Hey, we have something that they probably riffed on, you know, took from. So let's make uh, something based more on the book. So we're, yeah. we're, we're going to cover silence uh, sometime next week. Again, another Netflix that you are able to watch. So if you're hearing this before we do this episode, go check out silence and then you can hear what we think about it. Yeah. That'll save you from spoilers, save you from spoilers. And it's, uh, silence is only an hour and a half investment, so it's not uh, not a big deal. Just like this, uh, um, eight episodes of uh, Black Summer. You know, again, they vary. You know, they probably average about thirty minutes. You know, so you're looking at you know what, what, about four about four hours, a little over four hours yeah. of your time. So yeah, not much more than that. Yeah. So, all right, folks, uh, that's it uh, for us this time. So as usual, uh, like I say, be always be socially responsible. So. If you are watching this on YouTube, uh, like it if you like it. Subscribe um, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, through iTunes. Um, give us a good rating if you like it. If you don't like it, don't give us a bad rating because I don't want you to give us bad ratings. I just want you yeah. to give us good ratings. There are better things for you to be doing with your life. You should go to Pornhub. You know, yeah, exactly. So if you if you uh, follow us on uh, iTunes, you know, give us a rating and a review if you like us. Uh, follow us on the blog podcast at groundzero.com. Uh, hit the subscribe button with the email, put your email in, and you'll get notifications when we make posts and when new shows are coming out or when I post up the audio. So, um, 
that's it, folks. So again, uh, next show, we are uh, uh, show number 80. We're up to 80. And uh, we're going to do silence, and we're going to do that next week. But again, Black Summer, two thumbs up. It's on Netflix now. Again, if you have Netflix or you have somebody else's Netflix accounts, uh, go, go check it out for yourself, yeah. folks. So that's it. Uh, as usual, I am the Apocalypse Nerd. He is Adam Bomb Glancy. And uh, always thank you for your time, and have a good night.